It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610, hour number two on your Halloween. Thanks for hanging out with us this afternoon. Robin Ed with you. Joining us on the line, our good friend from the Washington Policy Center, Jason Mercier. And Jason, uh, there were no treats from the Washington State Supreme Court today. No, no treats, but one very serious trick for those of us who do public records. And it's, it's going to be a concerning decision going forward. Tell us a little bit about what happened. So today the Supreme Court issued three opinions. One had to do with a recall petition that was filed against Governor Inslee, related primarily to his campaign for president. The Supreme Court uh, affirmed the dismissal of that recall petition, primarily because some of the claims made weren't factually substantiated. That wasn't really much of a surprise. Another ruling the Supreme Court issued today had to do with, if you recall, several years ago, a truck ran into the Skagit county bridge causing it to collapse and the question was well obviously the trucker was going to be liable but this was a bridge that had been found to be structurally deficient the state had actually permitted the load so did the state have some liability in this the supreme court said no the state cannot be held liable for this but the final ruling and the one that i think is going to be of the most concern going forward had to do with public records and whether or not you have a vested right which basically means when you make a records request, does the law, in effect, at the time of your request, govern what's supposed to happen? Or can the legislature or the voters frustrate that by changing the law after the fact to deny you records? And unfortunately, today, the state Supreme Court reversed the Court of Appeals. The Court of Appeals said that, no, as a Washingtonian, you have a vested right to public records at the time that you make them. And the Supreme Court said today, no, you don't. The law can change, and you can't do anything about it. So, Jason, for those that may not have been uh, following this, uh, in a nutshell, a public records rec- request was made uh, at, by uh, by a group, by an organization against SEIU, the union. And then after that request was submitted, but before it had been fulfilled, the legislature changed the law, basically, on what types of information could be subject to the Public Records Act and thus denying the fulfillment of that request. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, the particular facts of this case has to do with an effort from a group that's been going around trying to inform union members of their rights. So to do this, they've been doing records requests so they have a way to contact these union members. And from the time that request was made to the time it should have been fulfilled, the union actually ran a ballot measure, and it was a pretty deceitful ballot measure. It was an issue of 1501, and the whole purpose of this ballot measure was to prohibit the Freedom Foundation as the group from getting these public records. But it was sold to the voters as protecting seniors against identity theft, which is just nonsensical. We just saw the Supreme Court last week issue a ruling concerning state employee's birth date saying, no, they're public records, there's, there's not an identity theft issue here. But notwithstanding that, that initiative passed several months after that records request was made. So when it went to the Court of Appeals, the Court of Appeals said, no, you got to turn over these records, because even though the law changed, saying now you can't have this information, 
that wasn't the law at the time the records request was made, and you have an expectation that you're going to be governed by the rules in place when you make your request. But today the Supreme Court reversed that and said, no, you do not have a right to public records under the laws at the time you make your request. And the legislature and or the voters are allowed to frustrate that, and they can change it. Now, what's concerning about this going forward is we're still waiting for this Supreme Court ruling concerning whether or not the legislature is subject to the Public Records Act. And if the court comes out and says, yes, the legislature is subject to the Public Records Act, but now underneath this ruling, if we didn't have a vested rights to those records, the legislature could just say, well, we're going to void any records requests that existed before this ruling came out. So, in essence, there is no grandfather clause. No, I mean, up to this point, there was the expectation that whatever the rules of the game were when you made your request, that's how you're going to be treated. But that no longer is the case in the Supreme Court ruling today. They very clearly said you have no vested right. The rules are not going to be governed from the time of your request. And if something changes before those records are produced, that's perfectly fine. So this opens up an, uh, a whole new can of worms, so to speak, uh, for for larger entities like the legislature and other state agencies, correct? It does. It is now a new Pandora's box of, of opportunity for mischief, because, and it actually conflicts with another ruling the Supreme Court just issued. And it, it wasn't a good ruling. What this prior ruling had to do with was with, you know, as people go through the um, agency appeal process, and if something changes... What, when does that clock kick in? Now, again, it should have kicked in at the time you made the request, but this prior ruling that was just recently issued said, no, it's when the agency makes the final determination. But this ruling today, that doesn't even apply anymore. Now, it just says, just, it's just a matter of whatever the law is at the time of that final action, court action. So the, the bottom line of all of this is there really now as a public records requester, you're not sure how you're going to be treated until the time you get that final record. Finally, Jason, uh, this when we talk about public records requests and transparency issues and things like that, a lot of people think that it doesn't really apply to them, that it's, well, you know, the media makes those requests uh, for stories that they do. And, and, you know, I've never made a public records request. Uh, you know, it doesn't really apply to me. Is that the case, or should regular citizens be concerned about today's ruling? No, because not only do the media and groups like the Policy Center, I mean, that's without records requests, we would not have known that Seattle knew they were illegally passing income tax, for example. But citizens also do this to see about, well, are they being treated differently underneath their property taxes? How is an agency handling land usage? So it, it's very important to not only our daily lives, but it's a critical tool to holding government accountable to make sure they're not doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Jason Mercier from the Washington Policy Center. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us uh, talking about today's de uh, developing uh, rulings by the state Supreme Court. Well, happy to be on today, and hopefully we don't get any more tricks. <laughs> Only treats. Jason Mercier, thank you very much. We're going to take a time out here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. Plenty more to discuss Rob. Oh, boy, do we have plenty more to discuss. Are you cooled off after last hour? You were getting a little worked up. I was getting kind of concerned. You know, it's things like this, it's these situations that really pulls the curtain back on some of the just outright wrong things 
that can be done at the highest levels and why people need to pay attention to what their elected officials are doing. Back with more after this. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by McCary Meets in Basin City on News Radio 610, KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA, 547-1610 is the number if you would like to get involved. Skyview Law, George Washington Way in Richland. They are the experts in family law in the Tri-Cities. Over 10 years of experience, Jared and his team have put together plenty of parenting plans, worked with a lot of people who have been small business owners that have gone through a divorce or the end of a long-term relationship. If you're going through any one of those types of situations or you need to revisit a parenting plan, talk about your child custody situation, contact Jared and his team at Skyview Law, George Washington Way in Richland. Visit their website, skyviewlaw.com today and find out how you can get a free consultation, a free case review with Skyview Law, the family law experts in the Tri-Cities. Going right to the phones, you're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA, your name, where are you calling from? It's Bernie from Kennewick. What's going on, Bernie? Well, you guys deserve the blue ribbon, a, a gold medal, something of the sort for the discussion we had yesterday about not getting a meeting here in the Tri-Cities about the dam removal situation, because... Uh, you you did other things that made it happen that we do finally now, despite Jay Inslee, we get a meeting here in the Tri-Cities about that issue. And thanks to you guys, man, oh, man. Uh, I don't know what else I can say. I guess that's enough for now. Well, Bernie, thank you for the call. We appreciate that. Um, there were a lot of people working behind the scenes after that, that announcement was made, of course, you know, we heard about it. I think it was first word came out late Monday um, that Clarkston was rumored to be, and then early Tuesday it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we picked up on the lead from Senator Schessler uh, and his outrage over it. We contacted him. We know that there were people in the community already. Um, I, I hope he doesn't mind that I mention his name, but I know Colin Hastings, who is the uh, head of the Chamber of Commerce in Pasco, was working hard on contacting people to see what could be done about getting one here. And then Representative Newhouse got word, um, because he still has plenty of connections in Olympia from his time there, that the Tri-Cities was overlooked. And he sent a message directly to the governor's office saying you might want to rethink that. So um, I don't know what role we played, but if we did play a small part, that's that's what we're here to do is play whatever part we can to make the community and leaders in it aware of things that are impacting our area and hopefully the positive things can come about so we appreciate the kind words bernie we do appreciate all the work that was done by everyone that was able to make sure that the tri-cities got a hearing on the lower snake dam issues let's go back to the phones you're up on the bottom line news radio 610 kona who's this where are you calling from hey fellas it's mike what's going on mike well a couple things um first of all Inslee doesn't want a hearing. He wants to lecture. And he wants people to sit down and shut up and say whatever he's got to say. And then he's going to exit the building, and he doesn't really care because that's his agenda. Item two, is the sheriff still in the house with you guys? No, nah, he left at the uh, the end of the last hour. What's up? I'm sure he's listening, got- though, on his way. 
Well, look, you know, I'm an old school guy, and the guy that used to run the jail, his name was Bernie Freeman. And I wanted to ask him, uh, in, in Bernie's time, Bernie kind of ran a tight ship. And I just don't ever remember the protocol and the system uh, being this way. So my question to him would have been, how is the way that Bernie and everybody did it all of a sudden different than the way that they're doing it now? I don't, I think we don't get it as a close under. Uh, you're breaking up a little bit, Mike, there, but we got the gist of the of the question. And we're not going to speak for Sheriff Hatcher. The question was addressed to Sheriff Hatcher. I can venture um, a guess as to the answer that when the previous sheriff that Mike referenced, um, you know, there were different commissioners on the commission. It was right. quite a few years ago. Um, th- this this is, in in our view, Rob, in my view, and a number of other people's view, simply all around a personality clash between uh, one, if not two, commissioners and the sheriff. And the sheriff was in here saying that he runs a tight ship. We'll take him at his word for it. We're not there day to day. Uh, And that some people don't respond very well to that sort of thing. You know, but it's more than just that, Ed. It's power grab. It's, it, well, I mean, true. Think about this, okay? And, and, and you know, Mike, Mike referred to Bernie Freeman. Uh, Larry Taylor ran the jail. Steve yes. Keen ran the jail. Here's the difference, okay? And, and I, I, this is the second batch of commissioners that I've been through since I've lived here, all right? But at no time did Leo Bowman, Claude Oliver, or Max Bennett ever talk about taking the jail away from the Sheriff's Department. I don't recall that, no. And, and one reason for that was because they had a lot bigger things to pay attention to, like the rest of the county. Yeah. Um, if you And they trusted the sheriff. And and they, they, they did not have a personal issue with the sheriff. And I want to stress that, personal issue with the sheriff. So now we've got a situation where we have a commissioner that's got a personal issue with the sheriff, and now all of a sudden he wants to take control of the jail away from the sheriff. Is it really in the best interest of Benton County to do that, or is it in your own personal interest to make a political move and strike against a political opponent? There's no way you can explain to me this is in the best interest of Benton County. There's no way you can explain to me after all these decades that this is in the best interest of Benton County. And political motivated moves like this, to me, are reasons why you recall elected officials. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Hey, guys. This is Chris from Richmond. Hi, Chris. What's up? Well, where do I start? Man, this is getting to be kind of overwhelming. I think I'll just narrow it down to a little statement here. Help me out here. I, I feel like our, not all, but a lot of our leaders, not just locally, but also nationally, everything seems to be upside down. They don't pay attention to the laws or they don't care about the laws. They don't care about precedence. They don't care about decency. And it just, it's, at first it was just in Washington. Now it seems like it's in our backyard. And I don't know, is it just me? No, I, I think a lot of people feel like that. Um, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, and when when the hour was up with uh, Sheriff Hatcher, uh, we chatted for a minute before he took off. And 
one of the things that I, I've thought about this whole situation was if if there was a series of major problems at the jail, a lot of complaints, maybe inmates, illnesses, deaths, you know, investigations into, you know, by the state, or, you know, the State Department of Corrections or something like that. If we had a series, a pattern, then okay, I, I would be I would be open to the discussion about maybe the sheriff isn't fit to run the jail. We didn't have any of that. If they if there were, none of it's public, I'll just say that. Um so we don't have a pattern of mismanagement. What we do seem to have is a pattern of personality clashes where the sheriff who is elected to do the law enforcement and run the jail, uh, again, an elected official, does things a certain way that doesn't sit well, and that's the only thing. Not just It's not a case where what he's doing is illegal. It's simply a different way that doesn't sit well with commissioners and probably even some in the jail. Let's be real. I we don't know. But I mean <clears throat> look to think there's, there's got to be some people in there who who yeah, look, are, yeah. are glad that the situation is the way it is now maybe. I'm sure that just law of averages tells me that. Look, when you the, the, the if you're if you're a boss of 5 people, there's a decent chance all the people you work for are going to like you, okay? If there's a if you work for 10 people, there's a chance one of them or two of them might not like you. If you have 50 people, there's a chance a larger percentage are not going to like you. The more people you oversee, the more likelihood is there's going to be people that don't like you as a boss. It's not about what they view of you as a boss. It's about the job you do and how you get it done. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Dave from Kenora. What's up, Dave? Hey, where is Jerome Delvin from? Is he is he local? Is he from around here? Or did he come from the Democratic Congress? <laughs> he's he's from Richland. <laughs> yeah, he you know he he um, at one time I, he was a part of the Richland PD. He, correct? Was, he was with the Richland Police Department for for a period of time. Mm-hmm. He uh, was a uh, state representative, mm-hmm. state senator, and then commissioner. Yes, yeah, but he does have a background in law enforcement, which is why this is a little bit befuddling. Why, why do you understand it's small? I understand small background. Well. Okay, be that as it may, um, it just it well <laughs> sa- saved by the, the saved word, by the music. Did the word, did the, I, well, I didn't mean commissioner small background in in law enforcement. I meant tiny background. In law oh, okay, okay, yes, Correct. commissioner small has a larger, much larger background in law enforcement than commissioner Dolan. I, I I get where you're going with that. Going to take a time out here on the bottom line news radio 610 KONA 547 You can email us too by going to the website 610KONA.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment.
509-547-1610. More of the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Happy Halloween. Robin Ed hanging with you. 547-1610. If you want to get involved, like this caller, you're up on the program. What's your name? Where are you calling Robin from? Ed, this is John Cloud calling from Kennewick. What's up, John? Well, uh, you know, before the commissioners uh, go to try to take over the jail, the way I feel solely, in my opinion, listeners, is what Vinton County commissioners need to do is get on the drawing board the plans for making a new jail in Prosser because people have the right to have their crimes heard in their county seat. I got a two-part deal, but that's the first thing they need to do to be able to get the convictions all straightened out, to be able to let people have uh, their crimes... uh, tried in the county seat like they're supposed to. The second thing is is that uh, Wayne uh, Daly and Chief Cindy Daly, uh, they have uh, the book, the OIC, and Chief Daly is from Kennewick Tribe, and Wayne has offered to uh, call you guys and be able to share with you the terminology of what the natives go by, what they're going by on this their position for the dams that him and Cindy study out of the OIC. And you may find it very interesting. And um, I left you guys a phone number there with uh, the gals up front of Wayne and Cindy on how to get a hold of them. All right. Well, thank you for John. We'll follow up on that. Yeah, we absolutely will. And, you know, John's uh, first part is uh, that that's that's actually nothing new. I mean, this has been going on for a while. There was actually, um, if I'm not mistaken, there was a lawsuit filed uh, in Benton County that said, uh, you know, that that um, brought to light that a lot of the day-to-day business of the county was being conducted in Kennewick when Prosser was technically, or is, the county seat. And when they built the new Justice Center in Kennewick, the new jail and Justice Center, that the lawsuit contended that that was a violation of the law because they were moving some of the base of operations out of the county seat and into Kennewick, which obviously is the largest city in the county, but not the county seat. So uh, appreciate John giving a call. And and yeah, that's that's uh, that's been a, a bone of contention for a lot of people for some time is, uh, you know, is Benton County out of compliance with with having that much. Uh, stuff, you know, county offices and, and, and business being conducted in Kennewick as opposed to the county seat. Well, we also know that there's been that discussion as well regarding moving the county seat. Yes. And, yeah, there's been talk about that. You know, and the last time it was done was uh, the previous Board of Commissioners mm-hmm. discussed moving the county seat and... Um, it seemed like it was going to happen, and then then Commissioner Max Bennett made a very impassioned speech, yes, and was able to change the minds of his fellow commissioners because he was based uh, because he was based in, in Prosser. Prosser. Yeah, um, you know, is it time to have that discussion again, especially if there are compliance issues and questions that you know, I mean, whether whether or not, or wondering how. Uh, valid those questions are regarding compliance. Is it time to revisit that again, knowing that the majority of the county business is conducted uh, in Kennewick? Um, you know, it's 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 an interesting question. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it, look, it, as far as I can remember, um, the last time there was a big push was when they opened up the Justice Center um, in Kennewick. That was that was the last big push. It may be time to to do that. I mean, part of the part of the complaints from people was uh, we talked about the county commissioners. The the commission meetings are held in Prosser, and where the base of the population base is in the Tri Cities with Richland and Kennewick. And it's not easy for the population base to get to the meetings. So they set up a um, satellite station, if you will, uh, to to broadcast those commission meetings at the Justice Center in Kennewick uh, that you can go and do that. So, yeah, it, it's it's a complex issue, maybe not so complex for some, uh, because Prosser is the county seat. And until that's changed, then there's going to be those questions. So appreciate the call, John, as always. 547 here on the bottom line. You know, we've, we've touched on a number of issues, not just recently, but over the course of the time of the program, that I think have raised questions by our listeners. We've had some dilemma discussions as well regarding faith in in system and faith in the process and we see things happen and we we question how they were handled we question what the motivations are behind it we question why um not enough people in positions of responsibility step up to the plate when it's needed. And I think for some people, there are a lot of questions that surround the system and the process when it comes to crimes, investigations. Um, Why do some people get charged with some things and other people don't? Uh, Why do you see... Uh, prosecutors' offices prosecute some crimes and not prosecute other crimes, or why do you see them um, kind of focus in one area and not focus in another area when it comes to certain things? And um, we, we, we've, we've kind of experienced a little bit of that lately. And I think it's fair to question exactly in certain situations, who who is the one that is supposed to take responsibility? Um, we brought to you the other day, we discussed the, the situation surrounding Kennewick Mayor Don Britton and that there was an investigation that was done that resulted in his 20-year tenure with DSHS coming to an end. Uh, the Office of Fraud and Accountability, along with the Washington State Patrol Criminal Investigation Division, conducted a six-week-long investigation that determined that there were uh, enough instances of inappropriateness to cost him his job. Now, the Washington State Patrol and unless we're misreading things, in every addendum that was attached as evidence to the final report, 
said criminal investigation division. Yeah, specifically fraud. Specifically fraud. Okay. And detailed in the report are instances and backup when it comes to that. So we've reached out to the Washington State Patrol regarding then what's the next step here? What happens here? And they told us that, well, the local jurisdiction, in which case, Benton County, prosecutor's office, would have to reach out to them because they don't, quote, refer. They investigate. They put out their conclusion. And then, in their mind, they wait for the uh, jurisdiction to determine what they want to do, but they don't refer. So we reached out to the county prosecutor's office. And they said, well, it has to be referred. So they don't take the step to approach State Patrol because they don't know what investigation's happening. The State Patrol doesn't call them and say, hey, we're doing an investigation in your jurisdiction. Call us back in two weeks and we'll give you the results or we'll let you know. Because Benton County Prosecutor's Office has plenty of other things that they're prosecuting and working on. So here we've got one of those situations where you've got something that's sitting in gray water. That the State Patrol says it's not their responsibility or their duty to refer. And the prosecutor's office says, well, we wait for the jurisdictions to refer. Which tells us that something like this, which has evidence of fraud in the report is just going to sit and languish and nobody's going to do anything about it. And people wonder why people lose faith in the system. They wonder why people raise questions about certain things and lose trust because you have things that sit in a gray area and nobody takes a step forward to find any kind of element of finality. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Chuck from West Richland. Uh, there's things that legislatively can be done to make the State Patrol do that, but they're not the only agency that can make that referral. They were asked to do that investigation by DSHS, and DSHS can make that referral. In fact, it's probably their duty to do so. Absolutely correct. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. 547-1610-509-547-1610. Here's... Didn't you have a conversation with them about that as well? Well, okay, look, there's... Arguably, there's semantics involved because DSHS did a, a very narrow internal investigation, found enough... Um, evidence that there may have been criminal wrongdoing, may have been criminal wrongdoing. So they solicited the Washington State Patrol to uh, to do an investigation, which they do routinely for other state agencies, for other you know county agencies, city agencies. They're kind of the umbrella investigative arm uh, in the state. So when they completed the 
report and handed it back over to DSHS, DSHS deemed there was enough evidence to terminate Don Britton. And they left it at that because that's that's they they can't they can't file charges directly because this was a personnel matter. Washington State Patrol says they were not going to refer for criminal charges, but if the local jurisdiction was to do so where it happened, which would be Benton County, they would be more than happy to turn over any of the reports and and investigative pieces that they uncovered. Benton County Prosecutor's Office says, well, we're waiting for a referral from Washington State Patrol. So you can see how it kind of is this circular argument. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Hey, this is Rick here from Pasco. Hi, Rick. What's up? Say, you know, in regards to the Benton County, I'm sorry, a little bit late in this call, but uh, in regards to the commissioners taking over Benton County uh, uh, jail over there, I just have uh, have a bit of a story to tell. I spent uh, 42 years in the crafts out here at Hanford, but I worked at uh, Carter Ridge for a little over eight and a half years as a maintenance supervisor. You know, when I went up there in 2004, it was a change of life and a total look at different world. Um, it's not easy to work in a jail, much less a, a prison as well. The thing is that once they get to the prison system, they're already committed. I mean, they know the rules. You know, they're they're there. And they're also, for the most part, you know, off of drugs and whatnot. When you get into a jail, and I have several people with friends of mine that work here at Frankie County as well, uh, you got people coming off the street. You got no idea the minute that guy or gal walks through the door, you have no idea what they're on, what they're up to. And running the jail is, uh, it's not something that you just, sort of out of the clear blue say, yeah, I'm going to run it. And that's what I think is happening, at least in my my perspective. When the commissioner is over in Bed County, I don't have a horse in the race, but I do certainly know that it took me better part of a year and a half, two years, to get lined out to where I was semi-comfortable working in the Department of Corrections up at uh, the Ridge. So I think the commissioners in Benton County need to start realizing that the sheriff, he's from law enforcement. He knows what's happening, what's going on. He's the one that's the expert. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. We're up against the clock. we got to take a time out. Yeah, real quick, got to make a clarification. Uh, I made a misstatement earlier regarding Commissioner Delvin's service with the police department. Over 25 years. So I was uh, incorrect in my assessment that it was a short period of time. Quarter century is not a short period of time. So my apologies for that. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City. Bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. Final few minutes here on your Thursday afternoon. Happy Halloween to everyone. If you are thinking about changing residences in the next few months, 
buying or selling, maybe building, contact Jennifer Mons with Windermere Group One Real Estate. Visit her website, JenniferMons, M-O-N-D-S dot com. You can see what listings she has available, what open houses are coming up, and you can also email Jennifer any questions you may have to start that process. That's the easiest way to do it is by asking questions and getting answers from an extremely knowledgeable realtor in our area. Whether you want to buy or sell, you want to build, let Jennifer know what your family situation is, what it is you're looking for, and she will get back to you with homes that will fit your needs. Visit her website, JenniferMons, M-O-N-D-S dot com. Jennifer Mons with Windermere Group One Real Estate. Her goal is to exceed your expectations. Going right to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm calling. This is Bill from out of Pasco. I lived in Kennewick and Richland for years and years. And uh, Jerome, Jerome, I, I was calling about him, too, because he was a police officer for years. And I heard you just correct, correct what you said. So, And he was a decent police officer. And when he was our state senator, and he was a state senator for years and years, too. And he, he was one of the few senators that you could talk to. And he he was a pretty pretty honest Republican senator. I was, uh, you know, you could call him and talk to him. You could talk to him on the street. He's a good guy. And I'm not sure what's going on right now. Sheriff Hatcher created some problems for himself, but he should have had an undersheriff that could have stepped right up and taken over his position without without a lot of problems. And I don't know what's going on there, and I'm just going to sit back and wait and see if we can find out everything that's, that's actually going on and why it's going on. I heard that some of the, sh- the, the, the jail bills weren't being paid and stuff like that, so I don't know. Appreciate the call. We've got time for one more quick call. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Um, I'd rather not use my name. I just wanted to give you a little heads up on a story that's not being covered. Okay. Um, the Hermiston Veterans of Foreign Wars back in May had over $76,000 embezzled. The police investigated. They talked to the person that did it. He admitted it. He's never been arrested. No files of ever, charges have ever been filed. Interesting. Very. Hmm. We will definitely look into that. Guess thank we'll you. have to make some phone calls. Thank you very much. Way to drop a news tip bomb yeah. on the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. But, 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 but just back to the previous caller real quick. <laughs> Appreciate you know, the call, by the way. <clears throat> um, you know, I am, I am sure there have been a number of good things that Commissioner Delvin has done over his time in service as a police officer and as a state senator. Um, but that doesn't mean everything that is done is above reproach, and that goes with every single human being, you know, myself included, as I corrected myself regarding the time of service. We're not, nobody's above reproach. And when you make a decision like this, and you make a decision as hastily it was made, and you begin to go and look behind the scenes of the things that happened, it is, it is not something that should just be stood pat on and looked at as, well, because somebody did good things before doesn't mean that they're doing a bad thing now. And that's why we've looked at this so closely, because as the evidence continues to show itself and more questions are asked, they're not able to be answered by those who made the decisions. That's all for the bottom line. Don't go anywhere. All your news, weather, and traffic on the Afternoon Report is next.